Hey baby, Vowel here, bringing you a very special, very sexy edition of Wild Endeavors. Get ready for some hot dice-on-dice dice action, a little role-playing to spice things up, and plenty of romantic zombie encounters. Tonight's sexy endeavors feature Adam Rogers as the gnome ranger Merwin. I don't know why you bother giving them names. They're all dead. When we get down there, I'm going to remind them that they're dead. Amy Jostino as the elven druid, Kira Tenderfoot. On the bright side, if somebody gets hurt, I can help you. Evan Chamberlain as the human blood hunter, Uhtred Odinson. You know, you are the most dangerous here. You know that, right? Okay. That's why I love you and I boop her nose. Thomas Marsetti as the human sorceress, Sicaria Valerifon. So, they're less chompers and more bangers? And Devin Salisbury as our DM. I mean, I think everybody can have access to burning hands. We just gotta let them on fire. Now, all you lovers out there, this is Devin's first time behind the DM screen. So be gentle, but not too gentle. A wink. And now, Another Tales from Aria One-Shot, A Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Okay, you are currently in the air aboard the Grave Diver en route to Tranquil Key, just south of Aria. You're tasked with helping quell some sort of large undead threat. You're not sure, sure what. This request comes from the Primarch to, I guess, help better establish a little bit of relationships with the, uh, the, the Ceruleans. The guys got handed a kind of like a dossier, giving you just a little bit of lowdown. That's how you guys got all this information and where you're heading. You're on the airship. Um, this was actually like a prototype build. So it's a little bit of a smaller, but it's been modified heavily over the years for like fixed improvements. Uh, it's not the fanciest uh, airship, but this is a, this isn't a bad ship. Uh, you guys gotten quite used to it. Um, what are you guys doing on the ship? I would be on the deck of the ship somewhere toward the front so that I can kind of see the horizon and you know, the wind in my face but also somewhere that I can kind of like lean um, or just kind of like sit back and, and kind of chill. Uh, my name is Sicaria Valerifan. Um, I'm a human. On days like today uh, when I'm out in the, the sun my caramel skin almost has a little hint of gold to it um, thanks to my draconic ancestry. Typically, I wear a gray Gregorian monk uh, friar tuck sort of robe, but cut a little bit tighter so that I can move in it a little bit better. And the lower part, I guess like the skirt part of it, would be divided, kind of like uh, divided skirts. Again, so I can move around a little bit better than, you know, friar tuck, or so I could, you know, hop on horseback if I needed to. The right arm of my robe is missing, um, all the way up to the shoulder, so that everyone can see the badass magical tattoo of a unicorn that I have there. Um, essentially, there's this kind of continuous flow of what looks like, like pink glitter that rises up my arm. And in that 
glitter stream is a stallion unicorn, blazingly white, golden horn on its head, and the unicorn kind of like snorts and whips its head back and forth from time to time and even kind of like moves around my arm, just looking badass. The rest of you would know, because we've been together for a while, that on my other arm, but that I try to always keep hidden, is a tattoo of the Legion of the Shining Force, one of the legions of the Primarchy that I uh, am no longer a part of. My sandy blonde hair is always kept swept to the left side of my head, and it goes down just a little bit past my chin. And then the entire right side of my head is shaved, so that everybody can very clearly see a track of scars that starts on the back of my head right near that artificial hairline that I've created and these four claw marks just arc across my head like over my temple down through my right eye which is now milky and ruined and then down my cheek and through my lip which has healed into a permanent split and then the claw mark scars continue down past my chin almost to my neck so you basically hear like a the captain call over you uh have been traveling with this gentleman for quite some time um it's captain Locke, uh captain bane Locke, and uh he kind of calls you over basically he's like yeah i guess we're uh we're gonna be getting close soon i don't know if we're gonna have to go in hot from what we heard there's no spot for us to land right away so we're just gonna kind of drop you guys in right uh kind of at the base that they have established there you can go in and uh, meet this uh, gentleman that you're supposed to meet. Yeah, it shouldn't be too much longer, probably about 10 minutes or so. So start getting ready. Uh, aye, aye, Captain. Just so we uh, we can be clear going ahead. Yeah. Yep, we, yep. Uh, my, my team and I, we call the undead uh, Chambas. Is that, is that what you he, call them? I mean, that's what we you know normally typically call them. I don't, from what I've heard, though, these guys that they, uh, they're dealing with down there are a little, uh, a little crazier. Um, a little different than your uh, average run-of-the-mill guys. Uh, don't worry, Cap. We've dealt with plenty of crazy chompas. If you say so. What's the worst that could happen? They could just eat us uh, alive, and we can die hearing each other scream. <laughs> That's probably not going to happen. You know, I've said this to you before, but um, I have to say it again. I, you are a little strange. Just I get that, make that I want to make that clear. Anyway, uh, as you will. I guess I'm going down below to get the team. So you guys kind of head below deck, finding, like, the crew shouldn't be too difficult. Uh, there's only, like, two floors. Um, one is kind of, like, the quarters area for most of the crew, and then the one below that's just, like, a cargo hold that um, has been used in previous missions to, like, pick up um, things that, you know, were a little too big to just carry on foot or, you know, bring on. I don't really have a layout for this, but uh, I'm sure you guys all just pretty, you pretty much have your own room. So if you want to go to like door to door, whoever you want to go to first, you would know. So I guess, yeah, where would I find each of you? I would be in the, the mess hall. I am eating a very bloody steak. I am Uhtred Odinson. I am a human. I have very white hair, even though I'm a very young man. Probably looks like he's in his 20s or so. Three giant claw marks on the right side of head. Um, yes. Fucking stole that from me, you bitch. <laughs> Actually, uh, I didn't know that until Devin told me yesterday. <laughs> I, I mentioned to him right away, I was like, oh, so you're copying Thomas then? He was like, what? I was like, I have no idea what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> but yeah, I'm eating very, I'm eating a very bloody steak. Uh, but like a civilized oh. man. 
Okay. I'm using a fork and a dagger, of course. So I'll walk by the table and just kind of give it a two quick knocks and say, Uhtred, go time. Leave me a minute, Sakarya. I need to finish this steak. I'm very hungry. We're going in hot, so either bring it with you or leave it there. All right, I'm just finishing up my ale. I'm going to head up to the deck. Okay, so who do I find next? I imagine I would be up on the deck area as we're passing over stuff, like trying to summon plants and make things grow and all that kind of fun stuff. As you're kind of walking around, feeling kind of the sky as you were in the green plants, um, you kind of catch a glimpse of Sakaria head downstairs in kind of like a rushed manner, and so you kind of think, well, maybe I should go see what's going on. And so you kind of wander downstairs and run into Sakaria and Uhtred right there in the mess hall. I'm Kira Tenderfoot. I have long black hair and bright green eyes. Um, typically keep my hair up in like a series of braids, and I'm always positive. So I'm super happy. Sakari, you kind of, you see her kind of pop up oh, behind yeah. you. <laughs> I'll say, oh, Kira, good. It's go time. Oh, where are we going? To the Tranquil Key, where, where we've been going. Okay, yeah, I need that. Okay. <laughs> so then I go to find uh, the last member of our team. The character I'm playing's name is Merwin, just Merwin, and he's probably in his quarters, and I'm kind of picturing it like I would a quarters that would be like on a submarine or something. I don't know why I go to that, but it's like just real small, has a bed. He's kind of finishing packing up his stuff, like he already sensed that we were getting close because he asked around. So he's finishing making sure he has enough crossbow bolt, putting everything into this backpack that he kind of keeps most of his stuff in and he always wears. He wears all black leather and like what ver- whatever a version of a tactical belt would really be in this world, just to where he kind of has um, adventuring things that he would need along the way. I mean, given that we know each other and we've, you know, we've done this before, knowing that you're not one for a lot of, you know, a lot of talking, I think I would just walk by your room and like pound on the door twice and just, uh, go time. And then I'll just continue to my room, which is probably one or two doors down and grab my gear and then head back toward the deck. And then I'll continue to my room, which is probably just like one or two doors down. All right. Do we know each other very well? Like, have we run missions together? Yeah, you guys have kind of been uh, traveling for a little bit together. Um, to give you a little kind of backstory, you guys are actually, I, I think the rank is Seekers with the Ceruleans. Um, Woo. So, like, you're pretty up there, but you're not, like, high enough to, like, call the shots yet. And part of the reason is, is because at some point along your guys' journey, you guys maybe have had a little too much collateral damage. So... You've, you guys have been tasked and are kind of like a, I wouldn't say secret unit, but they don't talk about you as much because they kind of look at you guys as kind of like, like the Night's Watch, I guess you could say. Like, mm. they know you exist, but they kind of are like... Or the Expendables. Basically. Okay. So we're not <laughs> so, but you work directly <laughs> under the, uh, the, uh, head of the, uh, Arcanum lore. Oh, so this is pre all that. Or is it? Ah! Oh. <laughs> Side note for fans of the expanded universe, Lore was the ranking officer and romantic interest for Theron Nilo during his time with the Cerulean Sons. In that case, I just want to let everybody know if we have been working together for quite a while, you would know that as a part of my 
uh, order where I was trained, I do have a transformation, and I train. I can transform into a hybrid werebear, but it's one of those things that is under control because it is a hybrid form. All it does is it increases my size. I'm already at like six four, so it'll make me like almost seven feet tall. And I, I one more thing I forgot to mention is uh, I have scars everywhere, uh, like all over my arms, um, up my neck. They're self-inflicted. Do we know that they're self-inflicted? Yes, you would see him do it every time uh-huh. you get go into battle. Two things: it's a battle ritual, but also it is uh, it helps him. It activates his crimson right. Okay. So, yep. I was gonna say too, you guys can have a weapon on you that was given to you by um, the Cerulean Sons that deals an extra two d six radiant damage. Oh snap! And that could just be added to um, one of one weapon that you have could say retrospectively that they enchanted it or whatever. When um, I'm all packed up, I would like to possibly stop Sakaria in the kind of the hallway of where uh, the stuff is and just kind of talk to him for a second. Sure. So I kind of close my door behind me, kind of throw my backpack over, adjust my tactical belt, and kind of walk up towards Sakaria, poke him in the chest, and just say, I'm a, Listen. I'm a she. Or she, sorry, poke her in the chest and say, Listen, Sakaria, when we get down there, will you lay off this chopper stuff? I don't know why you bother giving them names. They're all dead. And you know me, when we get down there, I'm going to remind them that they're dead. Just take this seriously for once. What's the worst that can happen? You'll end up dead like them. Yeah, but that probably won't happen. Well, you're lucky you got me with you, so you're right on that. I'm going to lean down and give you a quick little kiss on the top of the head, and then uh, like kind of like jump away, because I know that you probably hate that, and uh, head to wherever wherever the jump room is, I guess. Yeah. He just kind of shakes his head and just wipes his forehead real quick and like, ah, never, <laughs> ever learn. You guys get up, gather all your things that you normally do. You guys have done this many times. Um, you all make your way down into the cargo hole area, very bottom of the ship. And um, you kind of hear the captain kind of ring a, like a small chime that kind of resonates throughout the whole uh, ship and uh, basically let you know that we're getting close, so we get ready. And that chime kind of reverberates down and as it hits the floor. And you kind of see the floor begin to open up as you're flying over the ocean. You can kind of see, too, out of because it opens up kind of near the front of the ship as well. You kind of see where you're coming up to, and you actually see this gorgeous-looking island. Like, it looks amazing. Part of the thing that you probably read up in your dossier is that this is a, for all intents and purposes, a resort island. This is where people from all over Aria, people who know and are high up, come, and uh, they want to see this place. And it's, it's partially governed by the, uh, the Primarch, but it, they do not have dominion over it, per se. It's kind of a mutual agreement between, uh, multiple nations, uh, that this is kind of like a everything goes for everyone kind of thing. In the middle of the island is a massive volcanic mountain. You kind of see some, not super dark, but you see some pretty nasty looking, like, smog and cloud coming from it. It's not covering the whole area, it's just enough to where you don't notice it. 
in the dossier, you know that there's an active volcano here, and it just started being active when these events started happening. You are on your way to a base that was established, and you are there to meet a Dr. Good, who is apparently an expert in infections and cures. So hopefully uh, this gentleman will be your kind of liaison and figuring out what to do. As you get close, you kind of are near like a dock area, and that's when you hear another chime that signifies for you guys to basically go. And you guys have done this before, you know how this works. There is a um, strange enchantment tied into the cargo hold that whenever you leap off of the edge, it gives you like a uh, feather falls and it kind of helps you glide down. Um, only a certain amount of feet, but enough to where you can fly real low, drop down, and then the ship can keep going, basically. I feel like we would say something awesome as we jumped out, either as a group yeah. or individually. Um, of course. Also, another quick question. Do you guys have a name for your group? I think we have to. I mean, right? I mean, we've been traveling together for some time and done a few missions together. Uh, it doesn't have to be known right now, but... I will say that Merwin, like, does not agree with any names or shouting things when we jump or anything that, like, really draws attention to us or tries to make it special. And, and they're aware of that, but they, they do it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even just in, to spite you. <laughs> so that'll be what I shout as I jump out. And I like to think that I probably go first. As I jump out, I turn around and blow a kiss at Merwin and say, I love Merwin! <laughs> um, and then I think I'm going to go next. And before I jump out, I'm going to be like, Okay, everyone, we're going to have a great time. We're going to take care of this problem. And it's going to be a wonderful experience for everyone. All right, let's go. When I jump, I, uh, I hate this shit, and I just jump. <laughs> Merwin stands on the side for a second, annoyed as he probably usually is, and, like, puts one foot out to, like, he's going to take a step, but then kind of twists around and falls backwards off. I like it. Nice. And, um, like I said, you guys kind of glide down gingerly and land on kind of like it's a, like an extended dock area. Um, kind of where not just like one or two ships come in, but like a lot of ships traffic through here. Kind of think like this might be one of the areas where people come and go um, to the island if they don't have magical means. And yeah, there's kind of people running everywhere. It's a, a little bit of hec like hectic chaos. Um, you're not sure like what's going on. Um, but as soon as you land, um, you see two individuals start making their way to you, um, clad in uh, armor that you recognize for being part of the Primarch. They head your way and kind of give a greetings and well, that was uh, one heck of a entrance. Um, not, I don't think I've ever quite seen your airships uh, this close before. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, welcome to uh, Tranquil Key. Uh, there's not much we can say. Things are a madhouse here. Uh, we don't know what's happened. I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm Captain uh, Ephidius. I've kind of taken charge of uh, the reinforcements here and blocking off um, this section of the uh, the bay. If you need anything, just uh, come to me or... Uh, Somewhere, that, like, if he took a long breath, I would try to jump in there and be like, that's all very good. I'm Sicaria. These are the Rainbow Warriors. We're here to see Dr. Good. And then after she said that, I'd be like, you have, you have such a, a lovely island. Oh, and you have very pretty eyes. 
Oh, oh, um, I'm here, by the way. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um, yeah, anyways, and he, he looks visibly blushed. Um, not expecting this at all. <laughs> you can gawk later, Captain. We've got work to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, right, right. Um, follow me. Follow me. Uh, we do. So he kind of leads you through uh, the area. He kind of explains on the way that like this is a holding area for the uninfected. And um, kind of signals you to a side of the camp that is kind of a quarantine zone that's completely blocked off and cannot see anything through there. But uh, basically he said that we kind of house some of the uh, early stage infectors over there as uh, ordered by the uh, the doctor. We're not really sure what this all means, but he seems to know what he's talking about. He's only been helping us out for some time now, um, but he's an expert in the field and uh, a valuable asset. He leads you uh, into a weird building. Um, it's a architecture you're not familiar with, um, and it's newer, not something you've seen before. And as soon as you go in, like you kind of go up to like the door where you would open the door, and it kind of just opens on its own. As soon as you go through, um, there's lights in there, but you're not sure where they're coming from. It's almost like as you're walking by, the walls themselves appear to just glow as you get near them. And then as soon as you walk away, they kind of fade away. And so he leads you kind of down the hallway a little bit, and you kind of, it opens up into a small overlooked chamber uh, with a large glass, and sitting there kind of looking over a large table, stirring a uh, cup of tea, you would assume, is um, a gentleman. And he kind of turns around and he's like, oh, wow, wow, you guys, you guys look great. Like you, are you, you guys must be the thing, huh? That's right. We're the Pink Rangers. Who are you? And uh, oh, I'm so what sorry. is this magic? I always do this. Uh, I'm part of my manners, dude. Um, I'm uh, Doctor. Uh, I'm Doctor Felix, man. Uh, but you can call me. Uh, you can call me Feel. I go by that. That's fine. Doctor Feelgood. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's you know, it's a family name. It kind of runs in the family. Ugh. I hate him already. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like him. You have a chomper problem, correct? Uh, I don't know about a chomper problem, but, uh, yeah, there's some pretty bad infection here. I, I hate to say that I, you know, I I wish I didn't know this was coming, but, man, I, I expected it, and I warned him, but happened anyway, dude. No, we, uh... <laughs> Little uh, poetic, but we kind of call them the Starcross. Meaning, um, Starcross like uh, Starcross lover. Oh, did they not inform you of the infection? I kind of sent them like a like a whole like twelve page thing about it. Did they not yeah. mention that? We got the clip notes. This was not in our dossier. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you know what? I'll just I'll you know I'll give you some small snippets. Don't worry. Um. So there's this really bad infection going around called love. And uh, it seems to be turning people into a mad, like, crazed, you know, like, sex demon. I don't know. And they just kind of, they can't keep to themselves. They kind of, every time they see somebody that's kind of living and doing their thing, they kind of just all pounce on them and just smother them to death. And the next thing you know, they just stand up and they're one of them. It's weird. Every now and then while this guy is talking, you like, you clearly see him, you kind of like zones out. And then, oh, hey, uh, yeah, what's up? So, 
they're less chompers and more bangers. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's, I got yeah, there's this kind of there's this evil organization, and I kind of used to work for them, but I I didn't agree with what they were doing, so I kind of I kind of left them. And they weren't, they didn't like it that much, but anyway, um, so I'm trying to help, you know, people prevent, like, stop them and whatnot. I don't know the fancy word for it. I mean, I do, but I don't, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, they were part of this organization called Lust. And they are the leaders unleashing sexual tendencies. Okay. And like I said, I used to be part of this group. I was all for the objective, you know. You know, love is to be shared and, you know, amongst everybody. But, uh, yeah, they were very aggressive about it. I, you know, I don't, I, it was, it was kind of like against people's wills. And I ain't for that. But yeah, they, uh. When he says sharing love with everybody, I'm gonna give Kira a little elbow, like a huh, huh. And then when he says against their will, I'm gonna be like, nope, no, 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 no. <laughs> But yeah, so they've been kind of working on this infection for some time. And, you know, I sad to say I did kind of help a little bit with it in the early stages. But uh, they all failed back then. And, um, well, I mean, as you can see, the, it kind of works now. This island's taken over by this love infection. Um, we called it love because, it, you know, it's luring, obedient, viral extremists. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That is good. Yeah, it's okay. It, it, good. It's a nasty virus that spreads everywhere. You don't want love to get in you, you know? <laughs> so what do you need from us, Doctor? Oh, right, yeah. I'm sorry. You, I kind of I ramble sometimes, you know? Yeah, so, um, you know, this whole island's kind of taken over, and uh, these guys here, like, they're good, but they're not that good. I got tips from uh, this facility here. This act. This is actually a lust facility we're in. That there's a there's another one kind of on the other like a, not too far from here, less than a half day or so. That um is where they were experimenting on this infection, and they have a sample somewhere over there. And I I think I don't know, but I think that if I can get this sample, I can develop a cure to help everybody on the island. Merwin uh, walks up to the doctor and pulls out oh. his crossbow. Hey, hey there, little guy. Listen, listen, doctor. I don't care about the the who's and the why's and the how's, but I got your cure right here. So, the ways I see it, I think we just get out there, we find those undead bastards, and we kill every last one of them, and that's your cure. That's all I'm interested in. You know, I you know I can totally see that, dude. Um, but yeah, you know, these guys, like, they're infected and they're kind of like terrorizing people, but they're not like full dead yet. It's weird. They're gonna so, be full dead, I, <laughs> I can assure that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, that, like, if you're killing them, like, you're killing zombie type people, but they're not fully zombies. They're actually, like, they're still alive in there. Again, I'm going to solve the alive problem. No! Hey! You know what? You do you, dude. I, you know, I'm all for it, man. We just gotta get the cure. And That's all I need. We can release it using the airship over the entire island and solve the problem and nobody has to die, Merwin. 
Yeah, that 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 cure though is uh is key. We need that uh, we need that sample from the other lab if you if you you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. All right. We, well, we can go search for your sample or whatever you think we're gonna do. But you guys have all done this enough to know what's gonna happen. You're gonna rely on old Merwin here to save the day. Look, Merwin, I am I for that. Totally, totally right there with you. And then if we're gonna try to reduce the amount of damage you two do <sighs> every time. Again, damage is what I do. I'm not really sure how no one is understanding this right now. <laughs> because you don't have to kill people to solve problems every time, Merwin. I kill people. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, Doctor, what what is in between us and the facility? Yeah, there's definitely plenty of the uh, Starcross wandering out there. Um, it's weird. Some of them seem to like kind of gather next to each other and they form like a bond. And, you know, this love virus that's strong and they, they are almost inseparable whenever they get together in these bonds. And, you know, sometimes it's one big kind of mass of people all together kind of wandering around doing their thing, you know? You mean um, like a horde of sex crazed zombies? Yeah, man. Like an orgy. We're looking. Yeah, exactly. You got see, you know, you guys are the experts. I'm glad that we called you in. Yeah, well, you know, the people are kind of dying a little bit. Like, you know, I said they're like they're still alive, but they don't stay alive for too long. Like, I as far like the best way I think they're the lieutenant kind of described it or the captain. Um, they're they get so overjoyed with love that their hearts and will explode. <laughs> it's pretty violent too. Like I had some of it get in my like hair a little bit. It was pretty bad. Are you doing these too? Oh no, no, no. That's that, no, their blood is totally clean and free. You know, uh, no, really. The only way to transmit it is one simple kiss anywhere on you, and you have like you have a chance of being infected. That's amazing. Merwin's looking over at Sicaria. <laughs> 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 None of that. None of that anymore. Yeah, love's crazy, man. You know, it spreads pretty easily. You got to watch out for those kisses. Okay. Do we need anything so, else? Oh, oh, yeah. Like, you mentioned before, like, what's on the way there. Uh, yeah, there's a... So there's two ways you can get there. Um, we discovered here in this facility that there, at the other one, there's two entrances. Now, one entrance is on the main city streets area, but, you know, there's a lot of the Starcross wandering there. I, you know, it's almost suicide if you go that way. But we did find out that there's like a, like, it kind of in the forest, um, around the city, there's a secret entrance somewhere over there. It, I, as far as I know, if you, all you gotta do is kind of follow the tree line around there and it'll kind of eventually lead up into the hill and uh you'll be you'll kind of come across it somewhere out there oh the trees will tell me yeah that dope that sounds awesome um <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there any benefit to going in the main way well you know there might be some like like maybe a few items that some of these uh hoity-toity fancy folks dropped but, you know, like I said, it's almost suicide. There's just wandering orgies of, of just crazy 
sex drive animals out there. Ugh. And I, I don't know if I'd risk it. But, uh, well, if don't you, you go, worry about uh, us, Doctor. We got a Merwin. Oh, true, true. You do have a Merwin. I don't know what Merwin is, but you guys got one. Oh my god. We've literally been talking this whole time. I'd say but, uh, if, if you go walking more wandering. I mean more walking. We I will have say I will table. say the the city will be slower and oh you know I did forget the island might explode at any moment. See, there's an active <laughs> volcano on the island, and yeah, you got maybe a day or two before it kind of, you know, you know. Oh, all hammer, save me! Why do? You, why don't we just let the island explode then? Problem solved. Nah, you see, there's innocent people here, and um, uh, these yeah, uh, yeah, these, uh, you know, fancy folks over here, we've kind of had to block all exits because we don't want this love getting to the mainland, you know? Again, volcano, solution. So, but so what he's saying is that they won't let anybody leave the island, even the uninfected? Yeah. Okay. So, it seems like, and I'm kind of talking, I guess, more to the, the group than to the doctor. So it seems like there's pretty high risk either way. And if we're on the clock, the shorter route seems to make the most sense, right? I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think we can go, right? Hey, it was, you know, it was nice meeting you all. I'm glad we called you in. Yeah, it Remember, mean... if anything, if you guys need anything, Dr. Feelgood's got you. Uh, thank you, Dr. Feelgood. Remember, one kiss is all it takes for love to get in you. Have a day. What is this, a Disney movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, you... we'll go back to uh, Elphidius and uh, cool. tell him we're going to go, I guess, to the sewers, to the secret entrance. Oh, thank God, you guys. I thought we were, we were going to have to send some of our guys down, but if you guys are going to be able to go and take care of this, that's great. That doctor's been bugging us all this time to go to that facility. We're happy to help, Captain. That's why they call us the Care Bears. Yeah. Wait yeah, a minute, weren't you like that. the rainbow something? Anyways, yeah, never mind. We're that um, Yeah, you guys just uh, follow me this way. We actually, we prepared this for uh, the team we were going to send, but if you guys want this instead, and he, he hands you a kind of like a small little case, and in the case is four healing potions, regular healing potions. Oh. I will take one. It sounds like there's one for each of us. I still take one. <laughs> good. That's good. Now, this <laughs> the healing potion is, works. It, it actually benefits you more than just healing. Uh, the doctors informed us that healing potions are one of the only ways you can help slow down the infection. So, should you guys get kissed, the potion might be handy to help keep that at bay. Good to know. So he shows you down the sewers, and uh, it's it's not like a elaborate sewer. It's literally just kind of like a underground small passage for like maintenance. But then it it kind of just it takes you down one path. Uh, there's there's multiple branches that lead off, but they're all blocked off for like any possible infection that might come through. Okay. And so, yeah, you guys pop up on the other side. What do you guys want to do? Um, I'm gonna use prestidigitation. 
and clean everybody's, clean all the sewer off of everybody. There you go. You guys are all fresh and clean, clean. Oh, thank you. I feel so much better now. So yeah, you guys begin to, I'm assuming, follow the path kind of along the tree line, because uh, it kind of pops you up right before you get to like the major city and right before the forest. And so you guys kind of just follow that up there. Um, before we get into that, I want to have like a talking with plants thing. I want to talk with some of the trees to see what's what they think is going on. Oh, speak with plants. That's what it is. Okay. So yeah, you kind of cast this on like the nearest plant, and it's not so much like a language, but like kind of like the just the flowing and moving of it. It's like you just understand it, and you know what it's kind of meaning or saying. And um, what are you asking him? What sort of creatures they've seen the past few days, and how they're feeling. Okay. And I want to send them a little bit of energy of positivity. Oh, they they really do like that. They kind of like they kind of lean. It, it almost looks weird. They almost blow in the wind, but like lean toward you when you do that. The kind of vibe you get from them is that it's just been a lot of traffic of the soldiers trying to keep some of the crazy uh, 4G people away, but it warns you that there are some of them wandering in the forest. Okay. Okay. I will then communicate that to the group. For the most part, it's just soldiers around here, but there are a few of the Star Cross wandering, so be on alert. Nobody wants to get kissed. Okay, so you guys kind of just marching through? Boom, boom, boom? Yeah, I think we're probably like my background as a soldier, I like to keep kind of like the pace of just like a steady march. And if they will follow me when I do that, then I would guess that we're just kind of just kind of a steady like a military type march. So are you taking a lead? Yeah. Why don't you give me a survival check? I would love to. That's a twenty two Nice. Okay. So yeah, I mean you guys are, you know, following her pace. She kind of keeps you going, and at all times, like, you you think that you guys are looking around, like, are we going the right way? And Sakaria, she just, no, she just turns when she needs to and just follows ahead. I listened really well when the doctor was telling us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you guys kind of follow the path for a good, like, hour, hour and a half, and about two hours in, you guys kind of hear some twigs snapping. All right, well, I'll do, like, the fist up to halt. Do we all hear the twigs? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty audible. There's no, like, quietness about it. Um, and, yeah, she, as she knows, you kind of see coming through the tree line a golden-skinned-looking woman, very heavily panting, like she had been running for some time. And uh, she kind of immediately, like, looks over and sees you guys, and she's like, oh, my goodness, help me. Can, can you guys help me? I do the thing where I got my sword at the ready... Don't move any closer. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. They're coming. There's a there's a mass of them coming. A mass of who coming, darling? Those those things. I don't I don't know what they are. And uh, mm-hmm. almost like on cue behind her, you hear rustling of more twigs and trees, kind of branch like snapping and breaking. But what you hear that startles you even more is the subtle sound of. Just a cacophony of it, flowing kind of in your direction. Bursting through the tree, tree line is just a naked mess of just bodies kind of rolling kind of towards you. Not all of them naked, but, you know, they're just, they're out there, you know? How, all, how many? 
Oh, a large group, and they're heading your way. <laughs> so it's, so a, it's guys, an orgy more than a. Uh... Yeah, I mean they're not like they're not like folding over each other. It's not like uh, like World War Z kind of like climbing on each other. But it's just like they're moving in a very close knit herd together, like shoulder to shoulder towards you guys. Okay. So, yeah, you guys are gonna have to roll initiative now. Twenty, not natural. Nineteen total for Merwin. Uhtred uh, had a fifteen, and Thomas five. Nice. Well, I should probably roll for these guys. That's how you do that, right? Yep. Or we just assume they're last. True. 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 Okay. Okay, so you hear this kind of smattering of like kisses and like bodies slapping. It's really just, it's, it's nothing you guys have quite ever seen before. Like you're used to seeing undead, but this is very different, but like erratic behavior and erotic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Could I at least shout at the Goldskid woman to get out of here? Yeah, she kind of like, as soon as like you heard that and they kind of showed up and, um, see that you guys weren't gonna like attack her right away, kind of like runs around you guys and kind of like, puddles behind you guys to have, not like right behind you but like is behind you in the way to like stay there and out of the way and so at the top of the round this is Kira I'm going to cast plant growth basically just creates a thick overgrown barrier creature moving through the area must spend four feet of movement for every one foot it moves oh snap so that way we can keep them at bay Smart. It's cool. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of like what a barrier in front of them, you said? Yeah, so like the bramble and like stuff at the bottom will like grow up to like four feet tall. And so it'll be difficult for them to walk through a few feet out from us and then it'll do So it doesn't thing. like, it doesn't like hit you guys, but it hits just them? Yeah. So if we're right here, whatever direction they're in, it's gonna, ca- I'm gonna cast it in that direction. So yeah, so you like right in front of uh, Sicaria, you kind of just see the, the grass blades kind of like fold over for a second, and it just immediately kind of erupt and kind of like, almost like a, uh, like a mane of grass just kind of erupt in front and completely covers and blocks these, uh, this horde. And definitely you see it slow down immediately. Did you, um, have a bonus action or movement you want to do? Not right now. Okay. So as soon as your turn ends, it is the horde's turn. Yeah. Yeah, so they... They slow down quite a bit with that, and uh, their speed, um, like, they were quick, but they weren't that quick. So they're going to use pretty much their entire movement, because they're about 40 feet away from you, and they're going to use all of their movement to get as close as they can, and then basically they're going to use their action, because they, they want to get to you guys as quick as possible, to use their movement as well. And so they're um, pretty much almost on top of Sicaria. But that is the end of their turn. And the next on the list is Merwin. Merwin is going to immediately uh, load a crossbow bolt and fire it at the one that is closest to possibly attacking Sicaria. Okay. So go ahead and roll that attack. That is a 21. Yeah, that'll do. It's a big, massive body, so it's not too difficult. So... And then Kermit goes, Merlin, that's such a great shot. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> 18 total points of damage. Ooh, buddy. And that was the, you had the extra 2d6 for the Radiant, right? Yes. I mean, that was a good hit. Your your shot, it hits not just one, but a, it goes through a few Starcross. 
and uh, they drop down, clearing a good little line there. And do you have a? What do you like to do as a bonus action? Anything or? So I'm a gnome. I what? What was Sicaria, and how much taller is she than me? I'm a human. I'm five eight. Okay, so you're not that much taller. But I think as like a Correct. racial trait, you you have the ability to like basically move through me. I more wanted to pull you back. Oh, if that was possible, try to be like a like a gentlemanly type move and yank you backwards to try to help protect you. But that is up to you whether you want to be moved. So, so do you move up to Sicaria at least? Yes, to at least to be able to reach out. Okay. And so pull yeah, her back. you you kind of like right on top of her. I think I I do let myself get pulled back. Okay. Okay, so, so um, you kind of, I'll, I'll allow this as a bonus action real simple quick. You kind of like just tug on her uh, belt or something. That, um, what's your movement, um, uh, um 25 feet. So yeah, you guys move about 15 feet back away from them, I'll say. And it's not necessarily like I'm like going to protect her. It's more of a like we're in this together side by side kind of a situation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I like it. So you guys are almost uh, kind of level now with where uh, Kira w- was standing. She's kind of all on your right side now. This horde being about 15 feet away from you. And uh, we're going to go to Uhtred. So bonus action, I would like to uh, use uh, Crimson Right on my Bastard Sword. I'm going to use Right of the Frost. So you would have seen Uhtred do this many times, where he would go for his sword and um, either rake his palm across the blade or his uh, forearm or just the arm in general or other arm or whatever, the wound would immediately scar over. My sword would then um, crackle into different energy types. And whenever it's right of the frost, it's like like ice shards all up and down the blade. Uh, and then I'll get up towards the front of the group. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to use Ray of Frost. 16 to hit. Uh, that does hit. Uh, 21 points of uh, cold damage. So yeah, you kind of see this blast of ice energy kind of just skirt across um, uh, pretty much like a good chunk, like half of them. And um, they kind of like get frozen in place and uh, immediately like everybody that was frozen immediately kind of shatters into pieces. And uh, then um, you can see the uh, rest of the horde kind of form back up into like a close-knit shoulder-to-shoulder group. Um, but before they go, it is Sicario's turn. So I think in seeing this, these things come at us so fast and just kind of how probably, like even though it's kind of goofy, but it's also probably pretty frightening, I think I definitely had like a little flashback to that, the incident where I got my scars and when I left the Legion. Um, which is why, like, I kind of just froze and then, like, was kind of just let myself get pulled backward. And so as I'm kind of trying to, like, shake myself and get back into the game, I'm going to cast Blur on myself. Nice. And so just my entire image just starts to blur. And it's just really hard to concentrate on me. And that's also so that my companions can't see that I'm afraid. Okay. And then I'm going to use two spell points to do a quickened spell. Mm-hmm. So that'll let me let, cast Cloud of Daggers right in front of Uhtred. So there's a five-foot cube of daggers that just uh, kind of burst into existence and begin, like, spinning in front of him. Essentially kind of a meat grinder that I'm hoping that they'll run themselves into. About how big is their orgy at this point? 
Um, it's dwindled quite a bit, um, but it's still there's there's quite a few people there now. Um, I'd say there's about twenty ish. Okay. No, I think I'm I'm gonna put it like in between Utrid and the orgy. So like, I'm not quite to that point of like I want to kill these people, but yeah, they run themselves into these daggers. Yeah. Build up. That's on yeah. them. Cool. Cool. And then I'll kind of like I'll maybe move a couple steps backwards to try to make it look like I'm like strategically placing myself, not so much like even though I'm I'm still kind of like I'm I need to get away from those things. For sure, for sure. Uh, next up is Kira again. Um, I'm going to do poison spray, which is the cantrip. Um, so they all need to. Okay, well I'm going to move up because I need to be within ten feet. Uh, so they all need to make a Constitution saving throw. <laughs> Alrighty, they rolled a 12. Alright, so. <laughs> so. They take a, a full spray to the face. Full spray. So all of them take 20 poison damage. Damn! What's well, 2d12 and I rolled 210? Give me some poison spray. Alright. <laughs> Describe it if you want how you kind of spray like these zombies, this horde. Well, yeah, I guess it would be just because I like taking energy from plants, so I'd, like, run my hand across the plants that I'm walking by, then kind of do the weird, like, twirl thing, and then spray the poison onto all of the hoarden. Sure, sure. Yeah, you kind of, like, get this energy together and start kind of spraying them, and then they um, immediately start, they get hit by it, and it kind of, you see their skin sizzle and kind of start to melt off a little bit. But uh, funny enough, they are kind of into it. They kind of start like, like kind of getting aroused even more and start getting even more fiendish because of it. And um, you definitely see quite a few of them drop down. Um, and right now, there's about a few stragglers left. Um, and they, I mean, they're still kind of coming at you, but you definitely took out quite a big number of them. Um, and it is. Is there anything else you wanted to do on your turn? Nope. Well, I'll move. I'll move back. Okay. Yeah, you move back a little bit, and uh, they're still in that thing. So they move. They, oh, now they have enough to get to you guys. Yeah, they have enough to kind of get right up on the blade wall, which I forgot about, but it is definitely there. And it's uh, what is the thing they have to roll for that spell? Um, if they move into it, they just take four d four damage. Okay, yeah, they they moved right into it because they are unawares. Okay. Ten damage. Okay. Um, how do you want to kill this horde of Well, I think like if they've got a little extra like star-crossed Viagra from that poison, and they maybe just run a little bit faster, they just into those spinning blades, and it is just like that wood chipper from Fargo, and there's just a, like a, a like a spray <laughs> yeah. of blood in our direction. Oh yeah, you guys, you guys get absolutely covered in blood and guts. Like it's, it's, it's almost like unrecognizable how much you got covered. Why would you do that? You know how much I hate this when this happens. Oh my gosh. Boy, yeah, oh my uh, uh, didn't, didn't think that part through. Um, <laughs> that's on me. That's my bad. I'll start prestidigitation, everyone. It'll take me a little while because I can only do like yeah. a couple start of, doing, of feet yeah. at a time. Merwin is looking yeah. at Sakara like, I better be the first fucking one you can. <laughs> 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 so 
but yeah, you guys <laughs> between all of you uh, clean yourselves off pretty quick. And uh, just as you, you're doing that, you turn around and you see a blood-covered elf woman looking up at you guys, asking, "Is is 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 it over? Is it over? Is it over?" And she's like wiping blood off of her face. <laughs> you tell me, did you get anywhere near any of them? I I I mean, they were all over the place. I were they all I, over you? No, no, of course not. No but, contact. I mean, I had to run through a few hordes, but I, I, like nothing crazy. It, she's just like, what? Like, have you seen? Have you seen Celine? Have you seen a Have you seen a woman like me, but but not like me, named Celine anywhere? No Good one's boy. been running around shouting that they're Celine. Um, no. We also <laughs> haven't seen anybody else outside the city. Oh, there's a. Uh, is there more people back in the city? There's a few left. Wait, were the lab that we were in with Doctor Good was that in the city or just by the city? It was uh, kind of. It was kind of by the city. Yeah, okay. it, was, it, it was like a docking area. Like, just was the city kind of, in that like the quarantine zone, like the the city's lost kind of thing? There was um, maybe a few buildings here and there, but um, you probably would have um, either heard or caught wind that they cleared it out before creating like the big kind of like wall around them um mm-hmm. and and you, you would have saw it too kind of on your way out of the city uh the, the area there was like a big like kind of fence built wall um with a little bit of magic help as well like you can mm-hmm. see it was reinforced with some magic and there also appeared to be like a some sort of magic dome kind of a, like just completely cutting that the city off from that dock area okay well i'll start cleaning her off, too, with prestidigitation, and tell her to slow down and tell us what happened, what is... I was... I came here on vacation with Celine, but I... I we got separated. Um, we... It was... It was mine and Celine's honeymoon, and um, she... She had went to get drinks and some food, and... Um, okay. I don't uh, actually my, need that much detail. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was kind of sitting in our room just waiting for her to get back, and all hell broke loose. And I've I've been searching for her since. Sicaria, give me a perception check. Okay. Twenty-two. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. I saw um, my good you, eye. Good. Yeah, your your one good eye is pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, as you're kind of talking to her and kind of uh, like getting the feel for her, you only you catch a small little glimpse of. On like the back of her arm, a faint lipstick mark. Um, well, and she yeah. she she seems fine. Nothing uh, like in your perception. You she doesn't catch you as odd. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely not like the things you just fought. You would uh, you probably would with that perception check would see that it's it's hard to tell with the the shade. <laughs> but I mean, you've seen some lipsticks, and you would you can guess that that maybe happened recently. Sure. Okay. So I'm say, okay, we'll just stay here, catch your breath. We're going to step over there, figure out what our, our next uh, step's going to be, kind of canvas the area, make sure this place is safe for us to rest for a bit. But just just stay here. Okay, okay of course, and then of course. I'll, I'll motion the rest of the group a little ways away. What's the worst that can happen? Maybe she was kissed, and she's going to turn, and will kill one of us, and and or turn one of us, and then we're all, we'll all be dead, right? But that's optimism. probably not going to happen, right? No, yeah, no, I don't want to risk no, that. Optimism. Well, I don't think technically we won't die, and it seems like we'd have enough time to still solve this problem, probably. But if we need to, 
We can probably store her in a safe place so that if she's not one of them, she doesn't get turned. And if she is one of them, then she can't attack somebody else. Everybody, um, everybody roll an intelligence check real quick. Uh, four. Ah. I'm a little distracted. I also rolled a four. Twenty. Not natural. Uh, nineteen. Okay. Mid-conversation, um, not not super important, but you, uh, Merwin and, uh, Akira do remember on your way out of the, the, the kind of safe zone, we'll say, the captain reminding you that these potions do, um, help stave off the spreading of the infection, but that is a health potion. So, just a reminder for you guys. We've got this option. She seems like a darling creature, but I think it'd be better used for in case one of us gets um, kissed, rather than using it on a stranger. Definitely not taking mine. Either way, I don't like the idea of leaving her behind us, or having her along as a liability. Hmm. Merwin, just go get it over with. No! I'm gonna look at Merwin, gonna take a beat, and then give him a single slow nod. Uh, Merwin walks back to where she is, and he does not think twice. He lets a just... crossbow bolt into her. It's right through the head, and she kind of slumps back. I put a hand on Kira's shoulder. And, it was um, for the best, Kira. Getting like a better look at her now on the on the ground. This was actually um, you've heard stories of them. You've never met them, but this was a sun elf. Very rare, know. very rare elf. <laughs> I don't know in Thomas's world how rare, but I, in my mind, assumed that they were almost extinct. So, so we yeah. take her as a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Merwin doesn't give any fucks. Adam's uh, a little concerned. You, guys, yeah, you just you just killed a woman on her honeymoon. Hopefully, we don't come across her wife. <laughs> okay. So, um, she's lying there, and you guys, I'm assuming, carry on with your objective. Can I, uh, did she have anything on her? <laughs> We're go. not looting the half-naked woman. I mean, go ahead and, if you're... I rolled a nine? That's enough. She had, um, the equivalent of sandals, um, kind of like her, uh, Jesus sandals, but they kind of, like, like wrapped cute. up. I mean, they wrapped, like, kind of, like, up her calf, you know? Ooh, yeah. What color? They were kind of like a purple. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, no. Wrong <laughs> character. Person, that's very upset. <laughs> <laughs> Sandals, though. <laughs> I mean, she's dead already. And, uh, she had kind of like um, cargo short short with a towel wrapped around her waist and uh, just a, biki- a bikini top on. What you would also notice is a very shiny silver band around her finger. I'll take them. Okay, so you, you add into your possession <laughs> um, ver- verbatim dead honeymoon sun elf wedding ring. Probably should be uh, murdered, but uh. Yeah, yeah, it was murdered down, yeah. That's a good one, too. <sighs> Oh, you think I'd give a shit. <laughs> you guys uh get your well needed spoils and uh <laughs> continue onward towards the facility. You guys kept pace pretty well with uh I'm assuming the same order and uh Sicaria taking the lead and um actually it's fairly quiet. You hear a rustle and some more of the like but it kind of like leads away from you. Um so you and you, you think you're fine. Um, you heard a few strange animals, but it was also the same direction that the smooches were happening, so. Not too long after, you come across a kind of large facility. It's not, it's not so much hidden, but it wasn't 
very plainly seeable unless you were right up on it. There is a door there. I mean, it very clearly, it has, um, there's a kind of logo for the Lust organization. Big block letters, Lust, and an acronym inside of a heart with wings. Okay, okay. Not nearly as bad as I thought that was going to be. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't horrible. Um, what would you like to do? I guess as we come up on the door, I want to maybe just, like, start a little firebolt in my hand. Like, the firebolt equivalent of cocking a, a pistol. And then maybe, like, gesture at Uhtred, like, towards the door with my non-fire hand. Yeah, I will, uh, I, I understand what you're doing. I'll go up, uh, I believe my crimson right is still active, and, uh, I'll go up to the door with, like, the, my sword ready, and I'll, like, go for the handle. Is it a handle? Or is it, like, a pull? Or? It, it has, like, a turn handle on it, yes. I you noticed, too, well, uh, it would be an, uh, inward swinging. Okay. Um, but, uh, you notice that it's not like the door before where it just opened automatically, which okay. you would have known. I want to try the handle. Okay, uh, it's a little tug on it. Okay. Little tug. Right, I'm gonna kick the door in. <laughs> okay. Um, as soon as you kick the door in, it doesn't like break off its hinges. It's a big, like, kind of metal door, but it does open. And as soon as it opens, the probably loudest siren starts blaring all around you. <laughs> well, it's now or never. I think, um, yeah, I think I'm gonna, like, try to move in at least, like, just a couple steps in and scan around the door jam, see if there's something making the sound or something that looks like if I burn it with fire it will stop making this sound? Um, yeah, sure. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Sixteen. You notice up kind of near the near the roof, but not on the roof. It's on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a circular glyph there. Um, it's on the outside of the... Were you checking on the inside or outside? I had stepped in to, to check. Okay. I'd say either way, you probably would have noticed, too. There was a circle glyph on the outside as you walked by, and then there was a similar one, but different looking on the inside. And uh, there is a loud, audible noise coming from that one. You would notice, too, that there are other alarms elsewhere that are also going off. So it's not just it's not just singularly at this doorway. It's kind of, you hear it kind of echoing throughout the entire building. Now, having not studied a ton of magic, um, since mine is more just uh, like a natural thing for me, just with what I know of magic, do I have any idea that if, like, destroying that glyph would turn it off? You probably... Yeah, roll an arcana check. 23. Uh, yeah, um, you would know that with the proper um, magic application, it could be dismantled. But well, my you, well, fire with, with is pretty magical. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but basically, <laughs> with the twenty, so water and magic wind too. If you need that. Yeah, you, with the twenty-three, you would know that um, it would. It could only be a magic thing that would disable it. Well, I'm gonna try my magic fire on it. All right, go ahead and just roll. Just throwing up for, for the sake of it. it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> twenty-four. Well, you know, it, or it, do you want it, me to roll damage? It's a stationary wall, so you hit it. Cool. <laughs> I only got one eye. It's not always... <laughs> true, true. Could have been um, a mimic wall. You never know. That's exactly. Eight damage. No, that's fine. That's enough. You actually, you see it kind of, it breaks across the, the rune, and there almost appears to be like a small shield around it, and it kind of hits it, 
pauses in midair for a second, and actually you see it kind of force through that shield. And the second it does, it kind of smatters against it, and you kind of see the um, kind of like runic symbol on it, kind of like not crack, but it definitely it looks like it like if it was wet ink, like somebody smudged it. Okay. And uh, that alarm is disabled. There are definitely more alarms ringing throughout the building, though. Well, shit, you guys. Uh, sorry, but. Well, what's uh, the worst that can happen? Let's uh, let's get in here, um, close the door behind us, and we'll just yeah, clear you, the facility as we go. You guys yeah. hear behind you rustling of trees, uh, all, like all the trees behind you start rustling and like twig breaking. You hear the come. All right, <laughs> everybody yeah. inside, inside, come on. Oh yeah, Merwin's inside. We Amy's not here, so I'm gonna speak for her and say yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you guys, um, you kind of close, you you get in, close the door. It takes a like few of you because it's a big heavy metal door, and you close it. And there is a big like latch, like a twist latch on the back. Mm-hmm. You guys, I would assume, would uh, twist it. You would see large metal like bars kind of shriek in the place, clearly like a fortified door. And uh, as soon as you do that, all of the alarms go quiet. But there is a light kind of flashing constantly now it's all around you, but like sporadically and slowing down a little bit. See, I told you I had the solution. As these lights uh, begin to like wind down a little bit, it does become darker and darker and darker. Oh, um, I forgot to tell you, I have dark vision because of my hybrid transformation. Cool. Does everybody else have dark vision? <laughs> no. <laughs> Everybody but Sicaria has dark vision. So Sicaria is completely blind at this point. It's okay. You can just follow me. I'm um, not okay with this. No, uh, I'm going to cast uh, dark vision on Sicaria. Oh, hey. You, oh, you can do that. Nice. Assuming uh, she is a willing creature. Yeah, I feel like this is probably something we've done before then. because okay. so I'm going to do that. Um, she will have it for eight hours. So Nice. You got dark vision for a little time. Woo. Now... Everybody has dark vision. Like, it's still pretty pitch black in here. You can see, but no, like, definitive details. So, like, everything kind of is a good shade of, like, grays and stuff like that. Dark uh, colors. Before it goes dark, like, what kind of hallway are we in? Or can you tell me a little bit more about, like, what? It kind of, like, leads down into the right a little bit. And you kind of see another, like, open door there. Like, it's open. Just there. But this facility, we would probably think, is... Not very simplistic, right? No, not too fairly complex. But you were in a facility back in the safe zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there wasn't much to it. I mean, there was a few, like, it's a very similar hallway, actually, to the ones you kind of walk through to meet uh, Dr. Good. So you kind of are getting that same vibe. It doesn't strike us as kind of like that we would necessarily need those fine details, like, right away. Uh, not right away, but, I mean, it, uh, you are trying to find a, a sample. So, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you guys make your way forward, or? I believe so. Same order as before. I like it. So, yeah, you guys head forward, and you find yourselves in a dark room. There's not much in here. What you do notice as you look around, because it's not hard to spot it, but there are four other doors in different directions from where you're at. So as soon as you step through the hallway, there's a door on your left, right, and it's directly in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one behind you to the side of the door you came through. 
Well, sounds like we should uh, split the party. <laughs> One in each door. Let's go. <laughs> you crazy? <laughs> What's the worst gonna happen? Well, somebody could end up on another plane of existence and then die. Merwin walks up and tries the door on the right. That door on the right opens. What do I see? Another hall. Another hallway. Like the oh, one you cool. came through. So it seems like it runs like parallel to the one we came in. The one you walked out kind of hooked to okay. the right. Okay. And you walked as soon as you hooked to the right, you walked into the room, and then there was a door on your right. Okay. And there's another hallway that leads straight, and you actually see another door at the end of it. And on the yeah. on the on the door before you walk into it, you kind of see that this is an airlock, is what it says. Do we have any idea what that means? No, which is great. <laughs> I'd like to try another room first. Which one would you like to try? The one that was directly in front of you or to your left? Or the left. one kind of behind you? Left, behind me. Uh, the one behind you? Yes. Okay, uh, that one is um, blocked. Like, it's not budging right now. And you actually see part of the door is bent inwards, kind of in your direction. Like there's no there's no like gap. So something's between. trying to get out. No, well I mean there's nothing like it doesn't. The door is still there. There's nothing to like peek around the door. It's just it's like pushed inward, like something with force pushed into it basically. Um, but there there's no noise coming from that side. I'd like to kick it. Good, good. Go ahead and roll a attack or a strength oh, check. Yeah, strength I'm check. like shit tonight. Natural one. Uh, yeah, you kick it. <laughs> Man, and uh, you kind of you kick it, and as soon as you do, um, you kind of lose your footing on your other foot and fall right on your back. Oh, yeah, it's your nice. <laughs> I'm just gonna lay here for a while. You go ahead, and then I'm gonna run up to him. Oh, are you okay? Do you need to be healed? I can heal you. Are you okay? No, I'm okay. I do, I'm okay. Thank you, Kira. Well, you're you're just a wonderful, wonderful creature. You know, you are the most dangerous here, you know that, right? Oh, yeah, I know. Okay. That's why I love you, and I boop her nose. (laughs) (laughs) And then walk away. Um, Okay, so let's try the the door straight ahead from where we came in. That that one is, you go up to it, and it it won't budge. Okay. Then we'll try the one from the left when we came in. You go up to it, and as soon as you do, it, the door kind of see like a screen appear in front of it, and it asks for uh, key identification. I'm gonna say uh, Sicaria and the Care Bears. <laughs> you kind of see it flash red, <laughs> invalid. Sicaria Valerifon of the Cerulean Sons. Red again, and invalid. Doctor Felix Good. Invalid. Bangers and Mash. <laughs> it's invalid. And it's probably going to be <laughs> every time you try. So you guys have one other option. The door that uh, uh, Merwin opened by happen chance, the first door you, he tried. Mm-hmm. I guess I have to go that way. So you guys go down that hallway then, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Uh, same order. Um, you guys get to the other side. That door also opens. You guys all step into the room. Um, you see... I think um, we do like a... If we can, if we, like a real quick, like Charlie's Angel, kind of like we're all like looking a different direction, like ready yeah. and yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely. Yeah, so you kind of you all kind of pile into that room, and um, it's pitch black in here, but you do see like masses of shapes on the floor and on the wall, kind of like all around you, 
and then on the left you see what looks like a table, kind of like in the left corner furthest away from the door. I don't trust this. Um, I have no feeling about this. Yeah. Does it look like any of the masses are moving? No, they're actually very still right now. Do they smell dead? Uh, you do. Uh, roll a perception check. Nineteen. Yeah, you do get a sense of a dead smell about them. I'm gonna poke one of them. What's worst that could happen? I'm gonna cast Mage Hand. I'm gonna have my Mage Hand go poke the one, like, maybe if there's, there's one, like, toward the middle of the room. Okay. Yeah, you poke it, and, um, you die immediately. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. <laughs> No, you actually, you poke the body, and it was kind of, like, against the wall a little bit. And as soon as you do, it kind of plumps down on the ground. But it has another, like, appendage to it that doesn't seem normal to you. Tell but me you more can't, about this, huh? You can't make it out too much because of how dark it is in here. Well, I'm really interested in that appendage, if you know what I mean. That's what you uh, So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, like, uh, uh, well, I think we need some light for this one. I think uh, I can do a light thing. Hang on. What do you uh, cast it on? Um, I don't know. Can I can I suggest something? Yeah, go ahead. Like maybe you have a bunch of like little rods, and so when you cast light, you have like a bunch of glow sticks. Yeah. Well, see, yeah, I was thinking about um, carrying like little plants around with me, so that if I need to like grow some, I can. But I can also carry some twigs so that I can turn them into glow sticks. I think that I think that you and I like glow sticks. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we got glow sticks. So you guys got a weird metal rod, but not metal rod, glow sticks. I got you. The twig glow sticks. Everything's natural. Twig glow sticks. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, you cast that. And as soon as you cast that, the entire room illuminates. And there is blood everywhere. And you finally see these masses that are all over the walls. And it is small children looking creatures and they are all kind of hung up and pinned in different locations and on their backs are small angelic looking wings so and can we just walk into <laughs> um I... yeah okay um well this is no. okay <laughs> I have seen many atrocities this one takes the cake you also see in the corner a table, some papers and stuff on it. Well, can I can I go look at the papers? Yes, you go over to the papers. You kind of glance around, and they seem like lab works, uh, studies, and different kind of hypotheses and solutions to certain things. And it very much seems like they were experimenting on these creatures. Roll a history check or a religion check, whichever one you're better at. Uh, 18 for history. For history, um, you've kind of studied many different types of books and creatures and monsters that you've hunted, and especially in like in your line of work, hunting like undead and certain things. Um, this is uh, something that would be on the opposite end of that spectrum. This is almost holyish from some beyond that you're unsure of, but a very uh, what you have always understood as somewhat of a good aligned but neutral type of creature. Out of out of character, we're we're all thinking that the they, they're killing Cupid and experimenting on it, right? Like yes. Okay. Just want to make sure we're... Yeah. Any uh, celestial creatures? Yes. 
Celestial Cupids? Yeah. I didn't know they were a monster in the... They're not. Okay. That you know of. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not, not a character, I'm thinking. You're in Devin's you know. world now, bitch. No, that's your world, actually, but yes. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> it's his tonight. You, you see these papers, and they uh, mention funding uh, is getting a little low, and they're going to need more funding from the backer. You, me- you see it mentioned here and there a few times. You're not quite sure what that is and what it means. Um, but then you also see that a uh, verification code is uh, on a piece of paper. It says that it changed a few times because uh, people get a little lax of deja cool, you know, around it. But it is definitely um, the current passcode. Uh, for these guys is a poopy butthole. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. What the? So is this going to get us into the room across the hall that has the screen thing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What kind of people were these? They tortured <laughs> little baby creatures and have a password that's a poopy butthole. I mean. Oh my god. Can I just do like a sweep of the room and see if there's anything like tools or. Anything else that seems like it might be useful? Yeah, go ahead and give a perception. Nineteen. Okay, yeah, you um slid under the table, kind of in the back. You kind of catch a glint of like some weird cylindrical-looking device, and uh, you kind of grab that, and it looks like a syringe, but not like a typical syringe, kind of like a um like an epipen-looking type of thing in, okay. in our world. And it says um, booster on the side. Okay. Am I familiar at all with this type of device? Roll a, a intelligence check, history check. Twelve. You're familiar that some places have been working on other ways to give a like administer like potions, and uh, you never really thought too much of it, but this is definitely something that reminds you of that. Okay. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. You also cool. see on there three different slots, and uh, they're all flashing like a green. Cool. Maybe it would signify you have three uses of whatever that is. Only one way to find out. Um, so, yeah. And you okay. guys make your way back to the door. Sicaria's at the door. I'm not going to say it. I don't mind. Okay. Poopy butthole. It flashes green and says, mm-hmm. Welcome to Lust Lab. You hear, like, the door open. You see another hallway that leads to another door. Excellent. So wow. you kind of make your make your way down there, and you open the door, and it, it kind of opens up, and it's there's another dark room. Uh, do you bring your lights in there? I don't want to tell Amy what to do, but I think we probably are moving in the dark and only bring out the lights when we need them, so we don't draw right. too much attention. Yeah, okay. Is that like yeah? I can see still probably. So I think we're we'll give the room a scan in the dark. Yeah, yeah. So before you enter this room, like right before, like you're at the doorway about to walk in, you do hear a noise kind of at the end of it. Um, it sounds like a bunch of banging, but not like in the room, like metal on metal, like somebody banging on a door type thing. Okay. Then it changes and it's quiet and then it changes again and you hear what sounds like fighting and then it changes back to the banging metal on the door. That seems like that's coming from the opposite end of this room? Yes. Okay. Is there anything that we see in the room? You see, I think light actually towards that end where the noise is coming from. Okay. Well, if that appears to be the only thing in the room, I guess we'll make our way, again, Charlie's Angels style. Uh, yeah. Kind of you see this room is kind of, sh- like, screwed, screwed about, and, like, things are dismantled and dismayed. There's boxes and crates here and there, not completely empty, but they're just kind of thrusted about the room. And you make your way closer and closer to that light source, and to your right, you kind of notice another door in this room. Okay. Um, not directly, like, on it, but, like, if you're standing at the light, you look to the right, and there's a door. Okay. 
and then you see the light there, and it actually appears to be a something you've never seen before, but kind of like a window, but with no window. And you actually see images on it. Actually, the first image you see is a bunch of Starcraft banging on a metal door, and it's a very familiar metal door for which you guys all walked into this facility. Oh. Yeah. And then you see that image shudder a second and swap, and you see another door, but it's calm. There's nothing near it. Um, and you kind of see some city buildings kind of near it. Okay. And then you see it shimmer again, and you see a flash, and you see a group of individuals fighting um, hordes of the Starcrossed. And it flashes away, comes back, and you see uh, the doors getting hit by the zombies, then nothing again, and then you see the group again, and there's three individuals there, and they're all huffing and puffing from fighting these creatures. And uh, one of them is like a small, like, halfling gnome creature you're not quite sure from this image you see. The other one is a tall, uh, red-robed-wearing, like, elf and the other person is another elf individual, but all draped in black-looking stuff. Through this audio, he says, Now see, Leo, I told you this was the right way. And then you hear, Okay, okay, now listen here. Who is it that saved you from all of those guards from cutting your head off like three worlds ago, Mr. Nilo? And he says, Well, I guess we're even now, kind of giving a smirk in his direction. And then he looks over at the halfling girl and says, Let's go then, Cloud. And keep an eye on him now. And you see this halfling look over at Leandros and cover her eye. Look right at him. And then they all proceed to walk forward and climb through some black-looking hole, to which then just closes up. <laughs> what the fuck? That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Uhtred says, well, I hope we never see them. They seem very weird. <laughs> I don't know. I I think they seem kind of fun. Uh, maybe they're on a wild endeavor. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like that group has a, would have a lot of infighting. It wouldn't be quite as, yeah, as carefree as we get, are. At least we all get along. We're like a family, you know. That was excellent. I will drink yeah. to that. Same yeah, I'll drink to that as well. So yeah, that happens, and then it cuts back through the same kind of loop of the different things, and you kind of guess that this... You saw that... Uh, Sicaria saw that rune that was on the outside of the door before you came into this lab, and you kind of get that you're looking through that rune, but from in here. Ah, okay. As soon as you do that, and the light is kind of, you bring the lights with you, the glow sticks, and you're standing at a console. In the console is what looks like a key, but it's kind of like half in, half out, and like kind of above where the key's almost pushed into, you see it says power. To the left of it, you see a few more files that are labeled Top Secret and then have the logo of Lust upon it. Yeah, can we wow. go through the files real quick? I don't know if that's a... Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of skim through the files, and uh, you get more mentions of this benefactor or uh, needing more money, and then you see that they've obtained something that they weren't expecting, but it has sped up the process. Then you catch more of um, talking about the benefactor and then it says from a doctor honor that we will accept graciously the gifts from the gardeners <laughs> it says be sure to keep the subject locked away while we finish testing and we'll present this to our benefactors when the time is right um, as soon as you do hear that, though, you hear kind of a banging noise, but not in your room, 
but to the room to the right that you haven't been in yet. And if you kind of glance over, you actually, there's the whole wall over there is a window into another room. And you kind of see a faint light source in there. There seems to be a little bit of blood smatter on the ground, but you see a desk. And kind of in the desk is a person just sitting there huddled, shaking. Um, I am going to give Kiri a look that kind of says, like, what's the worst that could happen? And point at that power key and just kind of like, should I? And I'm going to, I don't know if it, it looks like a thing I need to, like, insert the key the rest of the way, or... It's yeah, you kind of, you, you get the gist that you, you kind of insert the key, and as soon as it's fully in there, you feel like a weird sensation, almost magical. And uh, as soon as you do, you you hear things start to uh, turn on. You hear, like, noises throughout the whole facility that you're in. Uh, you see some lights start flashing, and you see the door on your right, there was, like, a faint red line that appeared around it as soon as you did that and then it turned green and the door gave off like an air like it was released you actually glance and you see that gentleman in the room jump a little bit he looks over and he sees you guys there and he sees the doors open and he begins to run to it and he's almost there uh, before you all hear a whoosh and you just see him running and then just fall down and his head continue to roll like off of his body off of his body before, like, the lights or anything kick on, you see just the faint red light that was in that room, and you hear this horrible moaning. And then you see a very pale, pink, green, lanky hand reach out, grab the guy's body, and start pulling it into the shadow. And you hear him say, Will you love me? And he just disappears, and you see blood spatter everywhere. Close the door. (laughs) As soon as you see that happen, another light turns on in the corner of that room where you saw the hand, and you see a large container that says "Sam." Close the door. Uh, Okay. Well, shit. Where where the shadows where the arm came from? The left hand side. Okay. And the sample is um, in the middle of the room, but opposite from where the door is. Okay. So the door would be kind of like the middle of the room as well? Uh, it's a, it's actually a little more to the left. Of course it is. Okay. Yeah. Because so, like, if, if you're standing at the window that's to the right of the door, you're uh, directly looking at the sample. Okay. So but basically, it kind of seems like if we go in the door, we'll be pretty close to where the arm was. Right. Uh, yeah, but it was it was on the opposite like corner from where the door is. Okay, well, so it's basically on the it's on like the same wall where you see the sample. Okay, so let's go over again real quick. Um, if I turn into a creature, yeah. and I get hit, uh huh, but then I just turn back into my regular self, right? If you drop to zero hit points as that creature, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what do you think our chances are of someone? running in there, maybe distracting that thing while somebody else gets the sample and then both people making it out alive and we close the door behind them? As soon as you finish saying that, as soon as you finish saying that, you see the arm of the imaginable slam against the window and just drape down it. Okay, so maybe maybe less than it was a moment ago. I have a thing I can do. I don't know, maybe it's just a friend. (laughs) Kira, this is real important. Don't hug that thing. <laughs> okay, well, 
So what if what if I don't I, hug that thing? I I mean I have a thing I can make it like not move. Maybe. On the bright side, if somebody gets hurt, I can help you. I I say we have to fuck it and do it. Fuck it and do it. Okay. I grab Kira's arm and say, "Don't fuck it either." Oh, what? Did <laughs> you see those fingers? Fuck it. <laughs> no, no, no! Don't fuck it. I didn't say fuck it. Let's go in. Oh. <laughs> we've we've been in a water situation. Yeah. I'm gonna try to get everybody's attention. Real clear. Like, look at my eyes. Yeah. No hugging. <laughs> no fucking. Healing. We got it. Okay. Merwin. Just, Merwin just starts walking Merwin toward the did. door. Oh boy. <laughs> the Mer- Merwin's walking towards the door. While he's while he's walking toward the door, um, I want to cast false life on myself uh-huh. at fourth level. Damn. So that is twenty-one temporary hit points. You know, Takari, oh, yeah. maybe you should stay in the doorway, just in case. You're kind of squishy, and by kind of I mean you're very squishy. I'm gonna look at you and kind of turn my head so like that my milky eye is a little bit more in your direction and say. You don't tell me to stay anywhere. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry, friend. Before Merwin like gets <laughs> before Merwin gets <laughs> to the door, he kind of stops and hesitates, and then um, casts flame arrows onto his uh, quiver of crossbow bolts. I like it. I'm what that's going to do is I touch the quiver containing arrows. When a target is hit by a ranged weapon attack using a piece of ammunition, it takes an extra 1d6 fire damage. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. I want to go into my hybrid form. Sure. They just uh, turned into a fucking bear. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I could also turn into a bear if I need bear reinforcements. But um, it, it, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of painful, too, whenever he does it. So he kind of like goes to like one knee. He's like... Argh, argh. He's like his whole head turns into a bear, and like his arms get all furry. He still has like a man chest. Well, I wear plate armor, you can't really tell, but I have like bear arms. But I'm still like my my armor is still around me, um, so I can still use my weapons. I just basically can't cast spells. That's it. Okay. Which, I mean, it, I can still do like my blood maledict and stuff like that. But oh, look, a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah I will. once you do that, Kira goes up to you, you did such a good job. You look so pretty now. Merwin is like, again with the bear thing. God. <laughs> you all... the door, I'm like, we're about to go in. I'm just going to like stop real quick and look down at Merwin and be like, if we don't make it out alive, remember, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like, like smack the door so it opens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you all jump into that room. As soon as you do, the door behind you immediately <laughs> closes. That's locks. That's um, a good sign. So I'm very happy that all of you decided to go and not just some of you and then one be locked out. Oh, that's that would be interesting. Um, but then the lights, uh, much like the ones at the facility over in the safe zone, start activating by your presence being in there and uh, slowly reveal more and more of the room. Um, you notice that the room is completely covered in gore blood everywhere um, but then you start to notice around you on the floor are intricate runic symbols all drawn in like circles and semicircles just all over the room you through your studies or through just witnessing and travel you guys would have uh, at least Sicario would have been at least familiar with it it does look like a summoning circle um, oh good yeah 
Then it slowly lights up into that corner where this creature is. And you had saw originally like this crazy pinkish green looking lanky hand. And as soon as the lights turn on, you immediately see um, what what you thought was going to be on the floor is actually about nine, almost ten feet tall. A humanoid individual start like stomping his way towards you, but you notice that one side of his face is completely blackened, like almost scarred, and he's missing his left arm. Um, he just has a small little stub, but his right arm is longer than what you would expect an arm to be. And it's wielding a sword, and you see one very large angelic wing on his right side, where the hand is holding the sword, and a, ch- a charred, burnt wing, just the bones extending on the left side. And you hear it stomping its way towards you, asking, Would you love me? Okay, great. Roll initiative. 22, bitches! 19. Uh, 13. A 9 for Merwin. First in and last act, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, okay. At the top of the round, the Planetar is going to charge at Merwin. He kind of lunges at you and tries to go in with a... We'll say... What are you laughing at? Adam's face when you said uh, he lunges and tries to go in. <laughs> Power through it, Devin. Power Will through you it. love me? Will <laughs> you love me? He's just trying to penetrate you with a sword, okay? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh boy. He's <laughs> oh, boy. not a dagger, that's all he's talking about. Um, so... <laughs> a 22 to hit? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hit it and quit it. <laughs> God damn it. He rolls a 20 slashing damage and 18 radiant damage. Oh, shit. We should probably mention our characters are level 10, but that is still a big hit. And then he is going to move kind of like in your space and try to grapple you. So go ahead and give me a strength check. Fifteen. He rolled a seven, so it was better in your favor. And then next on the initiative is Sakari. So, I would like to remind you that you said that I could do this. Of course. I'm going to use two spell points, quicken, and cast one Scorching Ray as Uh a bonus action at level five. Jesus. And then as my action, I'm going to cast... A second Scorching Ray at level 5. Alright. So, that means I have to roll 12 attacks. Sure. (laughs) If they hit. A nat 20. 21. Uh, Those hit. 25 and a 14. One hit. 22. And a 19. One hits. A 9. And a 23. That hits. 13. No. 24. Yep. 24 and a 25. Those both hit as well. Okay. So I've got 7 hits and 1 critical. Sure. At 2d6 plus 4 apiece. Okay. 
this guy coming here with the big gun. So that is 92 fire damage. All right. Oh, you just rock that thing's fucking world. Basically. So, yeah, so, like, I think as it comes at Merwin and tries to insert itself and grapple him, I'm just going to bring fire up all along my arms and just say, No means no, you creep! And then just <laughs> unload on that fucker. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it definitely feels the impact. Uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, it feels the burn. Um, <laughs> you see it stagger back a little bit, kind of just wreathing in this fire. Jenna just, like, starts shaking it, like, off of him and slowly cocks his head and looks in your direction with the... He, you notice he has one solid pink eye. Cool. Oh, I'm apparently really pumped up at this point, and having just unloaded on this thing like that, I'm not going to move or back up. I'm just standing there, maybe still like a little bit of fire, like, you know, uh, smoldering on my hands. Okay. Next up is Utrid. I'm going to invoke my blood melodic and use Curse of the Binding. Got to make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, He rolled a natural 20. Yeah, he succeeds. Okay. (laughs) I still, I still have to use my blood maledict, so um, I, I gotta roll crimson right on that. Yeah. I, how, I much, take, how, how much damage do you take? I take five damage. Okay. Um, but whenever you see me do it, if, if you were to catch me, like, like at a side glance or whatever, whenever I do it, and with my bare eyes, like, well, my bare face, you see blood start welling in my eyes and start dripping down. That's how I take my damages. I start bleeding from like the nose and the eyes. Okay. Essentially. Now, was that an action to use that maledict? That's a bonus action. Okay. So, so with my action, I yeah. will run up to it and attack it with my sword. Okay, go ahead and uh, give me an attack. <laughs> 21 to hit. Uh, an apple 20. That'll also hit. Wait. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll roll the attack, the first attack. So it's a d10 plus a d8 for my crimson right, and then 2d6. Uh, so five radiant damage, two cold damage, thirteen slashing damage on the first hit. Okay. So that was not the critical. Twenty radiant damage, fourteen cold damage, twenty-two slashing damage with that one. Wow. Okay. So you kind of slash and rake up the side of uh, his body, and you kind of see him flinch a little bit, but he kind of just like. You see him now, like, uh, those of you that are up close, he's kind of, like, shaking and shambling around, not really knowing what to do. He seems very sporadic. Can I use a free action to roar in its face? Uh, you certainly can. (laughs) You actually see it that give you back the most innocent smile. Then next on the initiative is Kira. Um, I'm going to turn into an eagle. I'm going to try to attack to, like, take out the pink eye with my talon. Give me an attack roll for the bird, but at disadvantage, because it's a very pinpoint eye you're trying to go for. So that'd be uh, 23 and 21. So 21. Okay. So the 21 does hit. So you go, go ahead and give me an attack, or the damage for the, the claw attack from the bird. Five. <laughs> Um, you kind of, you, you see it kind of puncture the, uh, like area around the eye and you kind of see him shrug back for a little bit and he puts his hand up there 
he kind of just like stops and he can look at you, but with while his hand is holding there. I'm gonna fly away then. Okay. Or into a corner. And then it's Merwin's turn. Merwin uh, kind of regroups after getting hit pretty, pretty hard. He loads uh, one of his flaming crossbow bolts into his crossbow and aims uh, directly at the pink eye as well. Okay. Um, are you trying to aim at the eye to blind him, or are you trying to just attack him? That's just where I want to aim for. I mean, it's a spot on a Okay, stake, okay. So you're just doing, like, a normal yeah. attack then. Yeah, just go ahead and roll attack for that. Uh, that's 15. Yeah, that doesn't hit. Alright, well, he's gonna, he's gonna think about taking a step back and then kind of remembers who he is and just stands firmly in place. Okay. Back up to the creature. You hear him give, like, a loud, like, moan, like... See the room shake a little bit, and then you see where you guys have been hitting him. Like, this pink energy kind of seep out of him a little bit. Then, like, the wounds that you hit start getting closed up. And then he will also take an attack at Ira, because she poked him a minute ago. And uh, a uh, 22 to hit. Uh, I'm going to use another blood curse. Uh, this is a reaction. Um, I'm going to use Curse of the Eyeless. Okay. Uh, so it's going to impose disadvantage on an attack roll with an enemy within 60 feet. Alrighty. The, the second roll was a natural 20. Well, <laughs> fucking shit, I tried. <laughs> so he still hits. And then he's going to do... Yeah. So many times. <laughs> 20 slashing damage. 22 radiant damage. So, how many, however many point, the points your eagle had, subtract that from it. Like five. <laughs> so, um, you take... Like eagle should be stronger than that, though. 30, I think seven damage to you, then. Sweet! Um, and then he's going to take a second attack at the sorcerer that blasted his eyeball out. I'm going to use my reaction to cast shield. I rolled, uh... So that'll 18 to hit? Uh, with shield, my my armor class is 21. Yeah, so you see, like, the sword arc through the air and hit this, like, slap this bird. And you see it kind of fly to the ground, but then, poof, turn into your friend Kira. And then you, the sword kind of spins around in a circle and goes, like, like in a astral, like speed you never saw before. And the sharp end, it gets right near your face when your shield wall kind of blocks it uh, in midair. And then you just hear him kind of like the creature just Yeah, that is the end of its turn. So I'm gonna do another quickened spell. Okay. And cast Gust of Wind as a bonus action. And so a Ten foot wide column of air just starts like whooshing out of my form, like right at the creature. Okay. Um, it's got to make a strength saving throw or get pushed back fifteen feet. Eighteen. Ah, okay. So he doesn't get pushed back, but uh, basically, if if he moves in my direction, it's uh, difficult terrain for the duration okay. of the spell. Cool. Cool. 
if he starts its turn in that ten foot corridor, it has to make another strength saving throw. So. Oh. Cool. Well, it would have been a lot cooler if it had failed, but. It's a pretty uh, strong creature. Yeah, yeah. I figured it was kind of a long shot, but uh, <laughs> I, I guess I'll shoot another scorching ray at it at fourth level as my action. That is just five attacks. Only five. <laughs> to expedite this for our dear listeners, I got three hits and did 32 fire damage. Yeah, this thing, it gets blasted in the face again. And he staggers back um, again, very much not happy about it. Um, <laughs> and still kind of bummed that that sword didn't go through. I know he didn't understand. And then he kind of looks at you and just says, Whoa, you love me? No, and, you uh, creep! <laughs> and now it is uh, Uhtred's turn. I'm going to hit it twice with my sword. Go my for it. bastard sword. Go for it. 27. Um, yeah, that hits. And at 26. That also hits. Okay, okay, okay. Four radiant, seven frost, 16 slashing damage on the first hit. Six radiant, five frost, and another 16 on the slashing. And is that your turn? Are you going to move? or? You no, I'm going to stay where I'm at. Okay. I'm going to cast Grasping Vine, uh-huh. which is going to lash out at the creature. He has to make a dex saving throw. 24. I guess that will. <laughs> you fine then. The more I look at this creature's stats, the more I'm like, whoa. What did you do to us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you said what it was, I, uh... <laughs> yeah, oh, you know what I'm, I'm throwing at you then. <laughs> yeah, I got a little sad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm going to move back a little bit still then. Okay, so you'll move back away from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like Merwin, um, Uhtred, and I kind of, we're still like... In, standing in front of the door, and this thing is like right in front of us. Uh, you guys are you guys are about um, ten feet away from the door, um, okay. and this thing uh, kind of walked up to you as uh, you guys were getting your bearings, and is just is kind of just hovering over you guys because you're okay. all right there in front of them. And then Kira is like off where she got smacked. Yes, yeah. Kira's off where she got smacked. And then about uh, I'd say. 20, 25 feet away is the sample that you saw. Okay. I'm going to move in that direction then when I move back. Okay. I'll put you over there then. Merwin's going to load another uh, flaming crossbow bolt and uh, aim it right at its face again. Golly. I rolled a two. I'm really searching to see if there's things that I can do about that, but I don't think so. God. So yeah, that's probably not going to hit... Uh, I don't really uh, have anything to do with the bonus actions, so I'm okay. getting really frustrated because I know how good I am at killing things, and it's he's not sure if it's just because he he cast this spell on his bolts, and when he usually wouldn't do that, um, you but he's angry. Um, since we're pretty close to each other, could I like as a free action take that epi 
the EpiPen, or like just kind of like shake it on my belt at Merwin, kind of like a, do you want this? And if he looks like he wants it, like throw it at him, and then maybe he could use it as a bonus action if he wants it. I- I'm okay with that if he's willing, if he catches on to that hint. Yes, I would say. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so like as he misses that second shot, and like I can, I can tell he's getting frustrated, I'm like, sweetie, sweetie, and like motion at it, and. <laughs> So, uh, and, then, and then if he's game for it, toss it to him. You grab it, and like before uh, you guys saw it, it, would, it says booster on the side, and it's a flashing green, green light. Do you take it? Yes. Okay. He, Sicario probably would have mentioned like what this device was at some points and mentioned how it's used. I um, hope so. so. Yeah, so you basically, yeah. you do that same motion, and you kind of put it, like, where do you want it, like, injected? It's either your arm, leg, where, like, where, where are you going? Right into the muscle of his left arm, like, just like... Okay, so yeah, you do that, and as soon as you do it, you kind of feel this, like, weird energy surge within you, and you are basically under the effects of the haste spell. And so basically you get two attack actions, uh, you also get a plus two to your AC, and, and your speed is doubled. So does that mean he gets an extra action this turn? I would say you would get an extra action, but you couldn't attack. You would have to, uh, like, disengage or do something else. Like, I want to disengage and, like, run. I mean, I want to be around the creature still, but okay. try to move my way toward the sample. Okay, yeah. Simple like enough. To like, in a weird instant, like, uh, Sicario, you, you saw, um, Merwin standing there, and the next thing you know, you blink, and you kind of, you see him just over next to, like, closer to the, sample machine like you you might have seen this happen before but you were definitely weren't expecting that all right of a and that is the end of your turn then i'm glad that was back. not something terrible <laughs> yeah yeah no uh back up to the uh fun loving creature who just wants to be loved um and so much so that he holds and Ooh. hugs hugs himself and you then see that pink energy begin to flow out again and kind of cover his wounds and close up again Also, at the start of his turn, he's got to make another strength saving throw. Oh, true that. True that. that. Oh, he rolled 11. Not good enough, bitch. He's not okay. 15 feet. Probably, like, right towards the sample, which was maybe... No, no, no it was It was kind of... Uh, it, it's it's in that similar direction, but more to the left of it. You kind of hear him again just... Love And just his wings kind of spread out, and you see it flap once, and he disappear. And then you feel a whoosh behind all of you, and you kind of glance behind you, and he is just right there. And he is uh, coming down for a hit on each of you. First, he's going to Uhtred. 22 to hit. Bad hit. Do you want to roll more dice on that? Make it really, I, I, do. I didn't have all of them. There you go. <laughs> that was, uh, that was, wasn't a serious question. <laughs> 22 slashing damage, 19 radiant damage. Um, and then he's going for an attack on, uh, yes, Karia. I'm just getting it ready just in case, don't worry. Mm, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta load it up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a natural 20. Hmm. Uh, when did I do my, my reaction last? Was it last turn? I can't yeah, last turn. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna do this is a new round. So you're doing right. it again. I can do it one more time. That is the time to do it. <laughs> Same thing. Because Sicario is about to probably be killed outright. Oh, God, yeah. 
<laughs> Twenty-three to hit. So it's but it's not a critical. So. Right. Okay. Well, that's gonna hit. Well, I tried. I appreciate it. Save me from a crit. Nineteen slashing damage. Twenty-one radiant. So, after temporary hit points, it's eighteen to my real hit points. So that is a very sad looking Sicario. And that is the creature's turn. So I'm going to do another quickened spell sure, sure, um, sure. to cast Blur on myself as a bonus action. So the wind in the room just dies completely and I start getting all kind of fuzzy. And then with my action... I'm going to cast False Life at third level. So nice. that gives me 16 temporary hit points. All right. And this thing's engaged with me. Currently, yes, yes. I am going to just kind of back toward the like the middle of the room. All right. He's going to get an attack of opportunity on you. With disadvantage because of my blur. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so he rolled a 15 and a 2, so it's going to be a total of 14 to hit. Nope. All right. Thank goodness. Yes, thank goodness. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and you're away from it. Okay. How far did you move? I'll go my full distance if I can, like 30 feet, just toward the sample. Okay. That would get you probably right on the sample. Okay. And you would see that it, there is like a, um, kind of like the things you would see in banks, but bigger. Like but the pneumatic tube or the Yeah, container? Yeah. yeah, like the tube. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, and it, it's basically that size, like, cylindrical device that, like, you look like, it looks like you could just pick it up, but that, that right there is, a, you see like a faint, glowing, pinkish energy within that. And, uh, that's the end of your turn. It is Uhtred. Going to make two attacks on it. Cause Go for it. I can't really do much else. I think they both hit. I rolled two 17s. They, they do both hit, I would say. Ten radiant damage, seven cold, mm-hmm. and five slashing. It's looking pretty rough. I mean, like, its wounds have been closing up, but there's still some pretty nasty gashes on it, so... It is now Kira's turn. Alright, I'm going to do the grasping vine again, and this one, like, it'll have more vines come up to try to, like, hold the creature down. Ah, natural 20. I will go ahead and roll a deck save. Uh, oh, it's only 10. Oh, okay, so yeah, so it is... So what does that grasping vine do to it? It is going to... I mean, it can reach up to, like, 20 feet, so it'll grab, like, like one of the like, arms or something. Okay. But, like, where did you... Like, where did it come from? Like, what... Like, did it come from, like, the area where the door is, where the sample is, the roof? Like, what? The floor? It, yeah, it comes from the floor. Okay. And uh, do you kind of pull it uh, away from the group or kind of, like, just on the ground? Um, It's on the ground, and, like, I tell it to go up and toward... The monster thing. Okay, okay. So yeah, it, it lashes out, grabs it, and it pulls it down to the ground. 
Um, well then for an action I will, um, can I reach the, did we already talk about reaching the sample? Yeah, you can probably get, yeah, this turn you're close enough. You can get right on top of it if you move can over. Can I try to, to like take it off the wall? What happens? Uh, yeah, so like you try to pull the sample off, like grab, there's like a handle on the one end and you kind of try to pull it out and it seems kind of like locked in the place. Goodness. And so that is the end of your turn. Yep. Uh, it is Merwin. You, you are, you are a hasty boy now. Super angry Merwin is, uh, going to fire another. Okay. Flaming crossbow bolt at it. And am I, am I behind it or kind of flanking it or? Um, no, and unfortunately it is also on the ground right now, so you would have disadvantage. Okay. <laughs> Alright. That's a break. Okay. That's my bad. 21. Oh, that hits. So six regular damage, five radiant damage, plus five uh, fire damage. Yeah. And then um, I get a second attack from my haste thing. 29. <laughs> so six regular damage. And then I'm going to use... Colossus Slayer, which right. I can use once per turn. When I hit a creature with a weapon attack, the creature takes 1d8 damage if it's below its HP maximum. It is very much below its HP maximum. So that's another 6 points of damage. Finally excited that I that actually hit, hit it. <laughs> but, no, I'm like trying, I like realized I was showing my excitement real quick and then like pretend I'm wiping my face off and then back to stern looking Merwin. <laughs> Alrighty. So, end of Merwin's turn. It is the big boy's turn. He's going to, um, other deck save 19. That would work. Okay, yeah, so he kind of, like, wriggles out of the vine, um, and stands up, sees the only person that's closest to him that just, will you love me? And goes over to Uhtred. Uh, 18 to hit. Does not hit. Nice. And then the second. 26 to hit. Yeah, that is. Okay. <laughs> nice. You just roll every dice you have? Practically, dude. <laughs> 25 slashing, 18 radiant. Yeah, that hurt. That hurt real bad. And that is his turn. And it's back up to Sicario. I wish we had figured out how to stop him from healing himself. That would have been handy. I know. I'm going to use the last of my sorcery points to quicken a web spell. All right. Um, which I actually have to cast at third level, which I don't think actually gives it any bonus. So a 20-foot cube of web, uh, like a webbing appears like from the walls and the ceiling, the floor behind him. Uh, and it starts kind of like to grab onto him and trying to pull him back in, kind of like the vines did. It has to make a dexterity saving throw. Alrighty. 18? Damn it. Okay. So it is not restrained, but okay. it is now surrounded by a bunch of this flammable webbing, which means when I shoot a fire spell at it, it will take an additional 2d4 damage. So, okay. So I'm going to do another Scorching Ray at 4th level. Do it. 
I hit with four out of five of the bolts for 8d6 plus 16 for a total of 61 damage. That's how, that's how we roll, baby. Jesus. Um, how would you like to do this? <laughs> uh, also, I just want to point out that he had exactly 61 HP. <laughs> Ow. Which that's is awesome. mind-boggling that that was what happened there. <laughs> that's <ridiculous. It's> insane. <laughs> So, so yeah, I'm gonna throw some webs at him and like try to try to restrain him again, like Kira was doing. And when he breaks out of them, I'm just like, "Will you fucking die?" Throw more fire, just kind of from everywhere on my body. And the webbing keeps the fire like right on his skin, so we watch it kind of you know crisp and crackle and start to break away. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it's just like a cackling, burning flame all around him and doesn't seem to be able to like shake it it's like stuck to him because of these webs and um and oh, I didn't I just... even roll the, the extra damage <laughs> there you go <laughs> um, and so then um it's like burning and sizzling away at his skin and you see like your fire turn a shade of pink and begin to burn even brighter and then you for a second glimpse and you see his face and his eyeball uh, change from a, a pink to like a white and you just simply you hear in your head you don't he doesn't say it out loud he just says thank you and burns away damn okay the door you see immediately open up and you hear uh, since uh, here is right next to the uh, sample you hear like a latch and you see the sample kind of just turn in its chamber a little bit, and then just pop out. Not, like, shoot out, but, like, like out of the socket a little bit. Um, so I'd like to grab the sample out. There you go. Um, and you, you, you now have one sample of love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's right. So, yeah, in this room now, you, you uh, it's just a bloody mess. You see, like, runic circles in the floor, um, having a better look at it. You get hints of summoning, but then there's like other circles weaving over top of it. You're not quite sure. Some of it seems like conjuration in nature, obviously from summoning him, but like also of a like temporal dimensional space kind of thing as well. If we're going to take a moment here, then like I would uh, spend some time with firebolts just trying to like blast as much of the runes off the floor as I can or break up those circles as best I can. So like, nobody can use them again or yeah I mean if you if you've taken the time to do it um, over like just the next few minutes or so like you would definitely get a good like chunk of this way and it would just kind of like slowly look like a, a smeared mess I would like to go and uh, see if there's anything of value on the planet dark how'd you know what it was you said it earlier <laughs> I know I yeah um, you see like the burnt remains but then you also see a very large greatsword I'd take uh, it shimmering on the ground uh, you, you pick it up, and as you hold it, um, by the hilt, the blade begins to glow a bright white. And as it kind of fills up from like the base up, kind of like a lightsaber, um, <laughs> it gets all the way to the top, and you see, uh, that white energy pulse out in the entire room around you, and you all gain 60. Hit points. Oh, shit. Is this temporary or like additional? 
No, it's it's actual healing. Merwin's feeling fucking good because he's back to full. So. I'm almost at full. And then you all hear like a voice coming from the room with the monitor. Yeah, I'll head over there and. So you go through the doorway and uh, get on the other side, and you hear, "Hey guys, like, like, are, is, is anybody there? Did, oh, this fucking hello." Guy. When I when when I approach the uh, this monitor, does it seem like it, like he can see me, or is he yeah yeah you like... actually yeah when you get like center yourself in front of it, you see him and he sees you. He's like, oh, okay. hey, you're the hey, you guys are okay. You guys oh, made I, it over there, huh? I don't I don't look anything like myself. I look like a bear. But you know that's a cool bear. You know I've seen a few people like you back over in the Centauri Plains area too. It was pretty wild, man. <laughs> So, like, I guess, did you guys, like, find the sample? Like, Oh, yeah. We got it. I think so. Wow. Uh, that works out, then. Um, uh, if you want, um, uh, I think somewhere in that uh, that facility, there's, like, a, uh, like a room that um, might have, like, some teleportation thing that will bring you, like, directly to us. Pretty wild. Like, as soon as, like... Something you guys did, like a door opened up over here to a, a like a room we never saw, and like there's a bunch of crazy shit in there, dude. That is fantastic news. We're gonna do that thing. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing you guys again. Come on over. Teleporting, it is. We do that thing. So, so yeah, you guys, uh, you guys go and you see you entered the one room before you got into this uh, chamber with the monitor. Um, it's the one with the multiple doorways, and the one that was all banged in, like something was on the other side, has like opened up, but only partially. But you can see through that there is a uh, chamber in there, and, it, and you see on the wall it just says security. On the the wall there is um, uh, a bunch of different like rocks that you would recognize as some sort of teleportation rock. And um, what do you guys like to do? Uh, we would like to teleport, please. Yeah, you go back and and you appear in the room and you know Doctor Good's waiting there. He's like, "Oh, hey, so it worked." I was, you know, I was kind of skeptical on it actually bringing you here, but you guys got here. Wow. Okay. So where's the sample? I guess we give him the sample. Oh, yeah. wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll start... Insight check on him. I was, uh, I was just going to say, has that <laughs> done that yet? Does he seem like happy in like a I want to help people sort of way, or a happy and like this is all part of my plot sort of way? Go ahead and roll an insight. Okay. Well, I'm apparently really fucking tired, and that's a four. So. Yeah. You know, he just seems pretty like excited and like glad you guys are back, and he has this like sample. He can finally start working on this uh, cure to get everybody you know up and right again. Well, he seems cool. Then. Nope. Whatever. Game. You guys have been staring at me for a while. You guys okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a long day. Long day. Well, here I'll go ahead and work on this cure, and then all, all of a sudden, you guys like as you're walking into the room, um, you just feel a or like the room just starts starts shaking like crazy. You you can barely keep your footing. You're like about to fall down, and then slowly and slowly it subsides, and you hear uh, Dr. Goody's like, whoa, that does not sound good to my bros. Um, 
No shit. <laughs> and you guys kind of wander, you guys quickly run over to the window and you see um, some very dark, like, black smoke emanating from the top of the volcano that is in the center of the island. And he's like, oh boy, it sounds like the that creature woke up in there, huh? Well, doesn't uh, that doesn't bode well for us, so we're going to have to work quick now. But um, why don't you guys rest up for the night? I'll get this gear together, and we can uh, get starting this vaccination in the morning. But you guys might, you guys might have to go take care of that. That could be bad for us. What what creature? Uh, what creature did we wake up? You know, this island has kind of like a protector, and uh, he he kind of has been watching over the volcano, keeping it at bay for a while. Why didn't and, you say this shit earlier? <laughs> Uh, I told you the volcano was going to blow up, but, you know, I, you know, the, the creature, you know, he can't control some of nature, but that didn't feel right. That, that was not good. Um, we didn't expect it to blow up for another day or two, but, uh, we might only have until tomorrow afternoon before it gets bad. So you're saying we might have to fight a volcano monster? Yeah, man. Most of us around here started calling it like the lava drake, you know. He's a real he's usually pretty friendly, but you know, now that I'm thinking about it, if love has gotten into him, I'm going to give the rest of the group kind of a wary look and say, "Yeah, uh what's the worst that can happen?" that for a titillating end to a night of wild and sexy endeavors. Valtor again, hoping all you lovers out there got as much satisfaction out of that as we did. You can serenade or whisper sweet nothings to the Wild Endeavors crew on Twitter and Instagram, at Wild Endeavors. And you can find our no longer virgin DM, Devin Salisbury, on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Mundane 00117. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for the sexy tunes. And we hope you join us again real soon.